Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Uh, you know, we're going to we, we, we get Greg to talk about this. Let, let, let's go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and bring in from the Bleacher Report, Greg Schwartz. Greg, thanks for coming on with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, man, uh, you know, uh, I was just saying, uh, looking at uh, Michael Porter Jr., 22 points tonight, number 14 overall. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you do, do you get tired of, of just going through, um, do you do that often, go through the, the list of the people the Cavs could have had, and you'd be like, ooh, could we have taken them? Probably. Do, do you get tired of fielding those questions? Um, it, I, no, not with Porter. I think, um, you know, it's easy to look at, you know, kind of what he did in the playoffs last year um, when he started getting a lot of recognition. And then obviously this year, especially after Jamal Murray went down and he averaged like 23 points per game to finish the regular season. I think it's easy to look at him and go like, wow, why, you know, why, why didn't we draft this guy? Um, but I, I don't think it's completely fair to put that on the Cavs when, you know, there were 13 teams that passed on him. Um, he did miss his entire rookie season due to a back injury. He barely played in college due to a back injury. Um, so there was, there were so many injury concerns there. Um, I know there were some character concerns there too. Um, obviously now, like the pick looks tremendous for Denver, like to get this guy 14th overall, especially when you had guys like, you know, like Kevin Knox going, uh, above him and even guys like, you know, Mo Bamba in the, in the top seven, um, you're like, wow, you know, how many, how, how did he fall that far? But, you know, there was just so many injury concerns then. And, you know, what would the, what would the Cavs would look like? the first year into their rebuild um, as they basically wouldn't have had any buddy to build around because Porter missed his entire rookie year. So at least you had like, you know, Colin Sexton who had a, who had a strong rookie year and obviously has had a couple of years, strong years after that. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's easy to look back and say, wow, he'd be, he'd be such a great fit. And he'd be um, this tremendous score for us. And yeah, I get that, but those injury concerns were real. And we don't know that those injury you know, concerns the back issues that he had won't pop up again. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think him and Shea Gilgis Alexander were the only two players after Colin that you could make an argument for. Like oh, I think I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to have a better career. So um, you know, it's it's it, I, I'm still happy with the Colin pick. I think I think it was the safe choice at least. Um, speaking of safe choice, um, you know, he could have. A guy who could have pointed to Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in his press conference was Kobe Altman. 
Um, I was I was baffled when he uh when he brought up in his in his words he brought up Dylan Windler. Uh, he also brought up Kevin Love. Um, and he also um brought up Larry Nance Jr. Now get, let me let me just preface this. I think Larry Nance Jr. is a great role bench type piece that really could help out if he played on like a contender larry nance jr would be like awesome like a, a contender guy coming off the bench giving you some energy uh steals blocks rebound all that good stuff right but when he mentioned um you know larry nance jr and dylan windler and kevin love is as you know kind of building block pieces I was so confused and 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 baffled that he did he just misspeak or do people out there in the industry agree with this or I I just didn't I thought it would be better idea and a safer pick to just say hey look at the development of Darius Garland almost getting 19 a game uh Collins Sexton 24 a game uh you know look at the way they've they've you know contributed and, and grown the next three years and they could take a leap but Dylan Windler who we haven't seen. And Larry Nance and, and, and uh, uh, Kevin Love, who they can't, you know, trade for a bag of, of balls at this point. Uh, I don't know where where he would what, what statement he was trying to make. Can you clean that up? <laughs> well, that's I mean that's 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 typical general manager talk because connect the dots on all those guys, right? Who traded for Larry Nance Jr. Kobe Altman? Who drafted Dylan Windler in, in the first round with the 26 overall pick when they, when they originally were going to take Keldon Johnson, who's, who's tearing it up for the Spurs right now. Uh, it was Kobe Altman, who was the one that signed Kevin Love to that four-year near-max extension, you know, when he could have just let – because at, at the time, Kevin had one year left on his deal. And, you know, you could have traded him. Um, and at the very least, okay, if it doesn't work out, he walks and you get that cap space. I mean, he was the one that did all these deals. So, of course, he's going to try to spin them and make them look as good as possible. And, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm going to put Larry in a separate category than Kevin and Dylan because I love Larry. And I think he, he's pr- probably one of my favorite people in the entire NBA. Um, he's great with the media. He's great with the fans. What he did this season, you know, raising money for all the Northeast Ohio businesses, nobody else in the NBA did that. So I, I, I hope. Larry Nance Jr. spends the next 10, 15 years, however long his career lasts, I hope he spends it all with Cleveland. Um, he, he's terrific for this team and this franchise. Um, that being said, the, the Windler pick, I mean, so far has been a disaster. And he he came into uh, the NBA four years of college. He was 22, almost 23 when he came into the NBA. Um, you know, he's going to be 25 by the time the next season starts, and he's played 31 games. In, in oh, two years, 20, he's played 31 oh, he's games. he's 25? He, he'll be 25 in September. <laughs> so he's not like, – he's a four-year college guy. It's, <laughs> he was the guy that they drafted to complement Darius Garland, to bring spacing to the other guys. They didn't draft him to be a star. They drafted him to complement – who else? Who, the other guys they had on their roster, and obviously now that was that was a huge mistake. Um, and his, his main skill set is outside shooting. The guy shot thirty three percent from three in two years, and I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's he's a good guy. Um, he can't stay healthy. He's caught some rough breaks. I mean, there's a good chance he has 
you know, he comes back next year and he looks like Duncan Robinson and is shooting 41% from three and, and looks like a guy that can make $15 million a year. Like, there's a chance he could do that. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson was a guy that didn't break out in the NBA till he was 25 either. So there's a chance he still does that. But to this point, he's been a disaster. And then with, with Kevin Love, um, you know, him saying that Kevin Love is an important piece moving forward for this team is, is absolutely laughable. Um, I don't think it's any secret around the league that Kevin wants out. Um, if the Cavs would have a good offer for him, um, they would have traded him by now. Their best offer, and it was reported by Jason Lloyd last year, was they could have traded him to Portland for expiring salary. And at the time, the Cavs wanted more. They wanted picks. They wanted young players. They got greedy. And now if you look at it, if you could trade him, uh, you, would have, you would have essentially, at this point, you would have been off his contract. You would have saved yourself uh, $90 million over three years, and they didn't make that trade when they could have. And now, like you said, they, they can't trade him for anything because he missed almost the entire season, because his, his numbers were down when he did play, um, because he continues to throw fits at times when he's on the court. Um, his, his value, there is no value for him. So, uh, you know, some of the things Kobe can say, yeah, he can praise Darius and he can praise Colin. And, yes, you know what? Those were two good picks. They're two important players for the franchise. But if you bring up Kevin and you bring up Dindler, uh, there's there's nothing positive about the seasons that those guys had. Man, uh, you know, I didn't know Brandon Whedon. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dylan Windler was, was <laughs> 25, bro. I'm still thinking about it like, man, this dude – he, he's he's already mid thirties, man. Like he's like, this is this is very tough. Uh, let, let's talk a little. I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, one more question with the Cavs before we move to the uh, you know overarching theme of the NBA playoffs. You know, there's been some um, talk and conversation that uh, the Cavs could literally try to shop Colin Sexton without offering him a max deal because they don't think. The max deal is, uh, you know, pretty much worth it, and it would hamstring anything they're trying to do um, in terms of bringing in anybody else. Now, let me ask you this question. Even if they did have a max deal, if they had max deal money to go out and get somebody, what could they do if if you don't think a top-tier free agent is ever coming here, one? And two, um, could they even – are they in a cap situation where – um, you know, back a couple years ago, the, the Cavs were, um, you know, over the cap and they were spending uh, crazy to keep guys like Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. People said, well, they should have never gave J.R. Smith that money, but the Cavs were already over the cap anyway. They couldn't even sign anybody else. So it didn't really matter if they went into the luxury tap to, cap to like, you know, sign back their own players. Right. It was only money mm-hmm. and, and Dan Gilbert could print it. Um, so, you know, it, what is the Cavs uh, cap situation um, and could that sway the way they looked at Colin Sexton and bringing him back? Yeah, going into this offseason, they've got about um, $16 million in cap space now. That's that's not factoring in um, a qualified offer for um, Jared Allen. So once you do that, that's going to cut off um, close or a little less than half of that. Um, and then, so you can, you can still use that cap space. So you, you only have before, let's say you re-sign Jared Allen, you want to give him a four year, you know, uh, or a five year, $90 million deal, hundred million dollars, whatever it is. Um, so you can go and you can use the cap space left over that you have, be it 10 million, 12 million, whatever it is. You can use that cap space 
the only thing counting against your cap space is the qualifying offer before you re-sign him. So you can use that $10 million roughly that you have, and you have the mid-level exception, which is almost $10 million as well because you're not a tax-paying team. Um, so you get the full mid-level, which is just under, it's like $9.7 or $9.8 million. Um, so you can sign two guys for almost $10 million each, and then you can sign Jared Allen because you have his bird rights, because he's a restricted free agent, he's already on your roster. Then you can give him that big deal. You can give him that five-year, whatever, $18 million, $19 million a year um, deal after you've used that cap space. Now, the tricky part about that is because he's a restricted free agent, he can go out and sign an offer sheet with another team. And when he does that, I believe it's three days that that team has, the Cavaliers have to match that offer or they lose him. I, I don't see any scenario where they're not going to match an offer for him. I think Jared Allen's going to be back. Even if they have to go over $20 million a year, I think they're probably just going to match whatever it is and then figure it out because they gave up a first-rounder for him, because he, he looks so well and, and with the team, and they need that defensive center, especially with their small backcourt. So it's not like they have max cap space. They can't go out and, and chase a big-name free agent, but they can still get two really good players you know, at contracts starting around $10 million a year, and then they can re-sign Jared Allen for a, a bigger price point too. Um, another thing that's going to uh, – potentially hinder their cap space is where they're picking at um, in the draft. And we, we don't know where they're going to pick at until June 22nd, which is the draft lottery. If they get the number one overall pick in the draft, which obviously they want, that's great. But that number one pick is going to make $10 million a year too. So that eats up into your cap space as well. Um, and then obviously the, the further down you pick, the, the less expensive that player is. So there's a couple of different factors working there. Um, I'll, I'll say this, it's not a great free agent class. A lot of the top guys um, like Jared Allen, like um, uh, John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks are restricted. So their teams are probably going to match that anyways. And then some of the top unrestricted guys are like old veteran, the Mike Conley, the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, you know, guys that they're not, they're not going to come to Cleveland anyways and they don't make sense. So, you know, they should be looking at, you know, maybe guys like Josh Hart that are youngish that they can get for that $10 million, um, and just try to add some quality role players or maybe look for some, um, some younger guys um, that, that have some upside because they, they don't have a ton of cap space, um, but they have enough that they can get at least some, some good role players on the roster and re-sign Jared Allen. Uh, so Colin Sexton has nothing to worry about. They're pretty much going to give him his max extension then. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get the max. Um, they, this is the first offseason they, they can offer him an extension. I don't know that they will. Um, and, and they don't have to either. They can, they, can, they can perfectly be fine with going into the season saying, look, you know, let's just play out this year. Let's go into next year. Uh, next offseason, he's going to be a restricted free agent. If he has a great year and he averages 26 points per game and he makes the all-star team, and everybody's like, you know what, he, he's the guy. He's our starting shooting guard of the future. He looks like a max player. Then you give him a max deal, and, and you know you don't worry about it. You're like, okay, he's restricted. We can match anything. And if he doesn't look like a max guy and he takes a step back and maybe you draft a, a Jalen Green or a Jalen Suggs and he looks like your shooting guard of the future – then you didn't handicap yourself by signing him to a max deal this offseason, and that, that makes him you know tougher to trade. So I'd be perfectly fine with them not extending Colin 
this offseason. Um, you know, and he might be fine with it, too. He might feel like, hey, give me one more year. Uh, I trust myself. I trust my work ethic. I feel like I can get myself, you know, a max deal with one more good season. And, you know, if he does that and he earns it, good for him. So I, I would be in no hurry to sign him to an early extension. He's not like a no-brainer, you know, like last year Jason Tatum signed uh, a max extension. Well, that was an obvious. Like, the Boston Celtics were obviously going to do that. There was no debate on what kind of money he was going to get. Um, so I, I think if you're the Cavs and Colin, uh, you try to work out a deal, maybe something around, like, you know, $25 million a year or 20 to $25 million if he'll agree to that. And if he doesn't, I'd say, okay, you know, let's, let's just go into next offseason and, and, you know, We'll see how the year takes us. Talking to Greg Schwartz, Wendy North Ohm, Tick Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, and of course he's of the Bleach Report. Really quickly, uh, what what are you seeing tonight from LeBron and the Suns? Uh, do they do they snap back? Do they you know kind of move out of it? Do they get the win tonight? Uh, and as this game goes seven, uh, what is your thoughts? Oh man. Um... I never thought I'd see, you know, LeBron be in this much danger of potentially losing the first round. Obviously, he's never lost in the first round before. Um, you know, I remember him losing in the second round a couple times when he was in Cleveland the first time, but never in the first round. But uh, you look at the roster around him right now, and when you don't have Anthony Davis, and when you have Dennis Schroeder, who was your third leading scorer, you know, scored zero points to go 0 for 9 in the field in a, in a playoff game. And you have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who was your third leading scorer last year behind LeBron and AD. Um, you know, he, he had a shoulder uh, injury, and he came back and, and played uh, this last game and, and scored zero points in like 15 minutes and clearly isn't 100%. You just look at the roster around LeBron, and, you know, going into this, LeBron wasn't 100% either. You know, he had a bad ankle the last couple of weeks of the year. He missed more games this season than he's ever missed before. Um, so he was banged up going into the playoffs, too. So you thought, okay, well, you know, if LeBron can get it together, okay, they still got AD, they still got Schroeder, they got KCP. Okay, they're good enough to at least get by Phoenix. And then, you know, you battle Denver, or Portland, or whoever advances there. And now Phoenix has the 3-2 lead. Um, you know, Chris Paul is, is, is obviously banged up too, but they've gotten great contributions from DeAndre Ayton. Um, Devin Booker's obviously been very good for them. Mikel Bridges campaign off the bench, former Cleveland Cavalier guard campaign um, has, has been brilliant for them. And the Lakers have not had that role player step up and even, not even just step up, but just play average, just play like a role player. Um you know, if if it's going to take one of those performances that you saw like from LeBron in the 2018 Finals, where he was scoring 50 points in Game One, or averaging you know 40 point triple double. I mean, I think it's probably going to take a game like that because he's getting no help from the rest of that roster. And Anthony Davis, you know, we don't know when he's going to come back, and if he does, what you know percentage is he going to be at? So, uh, I, you know, I I hate betting against LeBron because we've seen him do so many amazing things, um, obviously here, especially five years ago. But uh, I I don't I don't know that they can win two straight games against Phoenix if they don't have Anthony Davis. I don't know that they can do it. They're going to need a superhero effort from LeBron, and if he loses in the first round, 
And they have a ton of free agents on that team, too. It's going to be a really interesting offseason, especially if both Los Angeles teams lose in the first round. Greg, man, I could talk to you all night, but, uh, you know, time flies when you have a good time, man. I thank you so much for uh, dropping in with me tonight and dropping some gems, man, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me on. appreciate it. All right. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.